Hello once again, everyone, and welcome to episode 40 of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we are your hosts. I am Travis, a.k.a. Nest Friend. That over there, that's Alex, a.k.a. Nest Drunk. And, uh, man, how are things going, Alex? You're, you're sleeping all the time like an old man. You're, ugh, can't get a hold of you half the time. I am an old man, so, yeah, for for whatever reason, there's something in the water I've, I've been taking. I, I managed to pull off the the rare two naps in one day wow. feat. So, uh, you know, achievement unlocked on that one. My child hasn't um, even done that. <laughs> That's insane. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something in the water or something in the air. I, I'm just really sleepy lately. I'm still drinking coffee. You don't think that new house has a monoxide lake, do you? <laughs> well, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So what are you up to? I'm in 1996 right now. I don't know if you've heard. I have heard. Yeah. yeah. I you're writing about Soundgarden and Down on the Upside. It's good. You're writing really about uh the Super Bowl. Even though the Super Bowl you're watching, yeah, I guess it did technically happen in 96, didn't it? The I'm, Cowboys Steelers one? <laughs> I am very anal about it. Yes, it happened in in January 26 of 1996 in Tampa, Arizona. Uh yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun though cuz so for people that don't know on the Polyco podcast, we sent me back in time. And people got to select a year on Twitter. People selected 1996. I went back to 1996. I can only read, watch, play, consume entertainment that came out in the year of 1996. And it has been quite fun. I'm going to go in deeper on the other podcast, but I'm liking it, Alex. I got to say, it's a pretty good year. I want to know, though, for you in 1996, what's Alex like? He's what? What are you, 12, 13? What's going on? I'm 14. 14. I'm a a giant douchebag. Big douche. I play guitar. Um, I'm learning Metallica songs with my friend Dustin. Um, that sounds we're, cool. We're, we're playing, uh, yeah, but we're really snobby about it. Like, sure. We're, we, we think we're like a thousand times better than we actually are. You know, right. one of those things. But um, yeah, we we're, we're, the first song we learned together was Am I Evil, which isn't even a Metallica song. It's like a cover from, I forget who, Venom, one of those bands. But yeah. Um, then we learned uh, some of the songs on Injustice for All, like One, uh, Harvester of Sorrow, uh, Freight Ends of Sanity, all that good stuff. So Yeah, and you're just walking around telling everyone the Black Albums when they sold out. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking. Even though I went, I'm going to go see them live the next year in January. <laughs> in 1997? And, and totally. In 97, yeah, and be a total <laughs> you know, hypocrite about it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what were you doing in 96? I was I was uh, very fat but tan. That was the thing about me. I looked back at pictures of me, and I didn't recognize me because I had so much chubby weight. But I must have just been not allowed inside my house. I was extremely tan. I've not been that tan since. I was must have been playing the sports or something, but not hard enough to lose weight, which was the thing. I was in this weird equilibrium of maintain chubbiness, get by just enough to have a jersey to be on the team. Don't put in any effort to actually be athletic. So you were like a left fielder, right fielder, like just standing out there, inning after inning after inning, nobody hitting you the ball. They might have just used me as second base. I might have just been the base. <laughs> just stuck me out there in the sand and stepped on me. Yeah. But yeah, that's about all I remember. That Besides that, just being extremely awkward as a human being. Like, I don't think I had an attitude because I just wanted friends. And so I just was extremely awkward and didn't know the right or wrong things to say and yeah just it was a weird time for old Trav. we grew out of it we grew we grew into it now i have a nice healthy mullet kind of a patchy beard <laughs> and i have a phd i'm doing all right you're doing just fine i would say <laughs> um you're also playing the game mule yes i mean that's that's a hell of a good time right there dude it does have mules in it i was worried it wasn't <laughs> I was I was thinking, what is this? Just some some type of title to lure mule lovers like me in, and then lo and behold, got a mule right in there. I couldn't believe it. But yeah, if you haven't played the game, um, you're probably not going to like it. But I had fun with it. Once I figured it out, it wasn't too bad. It's basically a capitalism simulator, and you it works a little bit like a very rudimentary Sim City, very based on uh, supply and demand. You you get a plot of land. You you either uh, 
harvest, you know, electricity or you mine or something like that. And you, you build an economy and it's probably better with multiple players, but you can play against the computer. AI is fine. And uh, I don't know. I had fun with it, but it's one of those games that's like 99% of people are going to give it a real hard pass just by looking at it because it looks like it looks like garbage. It looks like a 2600 game. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. But it does seem interesting to me. Um, you know, it's all, I always love when uh, limited systems like the NES try something hugely ambitious like that. Um, yeah. So it's it's always interesting from at least that standpoint. Like, how did they manage this? What did they do this? Oh, they completely screwed it up. Oh, never mind. But yeah, it's yeah, I get a kick out of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's one of those games too where I you know I always review what I'm interested in. I don't care how many views it gets or comments or whatever. I just I wanted to see what that game was like, and why not? you know, use that time to also do the review if I'm going to go ahead and play it. So I did. And I was like, man, people are not going to dig this because this is going to be boring. I'm going to have to zest it up with all kinds of fun facts or do something. But I was very surprised in the comments how many people were like, oh my God, I love this game. This is one of my favorite games. Or me and my dad used to play this all the time. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't know. I was very surprised by how fondly remembered that game was. So it it, it never (laughs) ceases to amaze me. Yeah, it, it's always something with uh, it, it, there. Granted, there aren't very many people that will say that about, uh, say, Bill Ampere's combat basketball. But even <laughs> Mule will get its fair share of uh, fond childhood memories. Exactly. Yeah. But what about you? You did you did one that uh, I can hardly pronounce and then also Die Hard Arcade. It was a good week. Yeah. Edo no Kiba is the first game I did. And it's a run and gun for Super Famicom that never came over from Japan. And it's very limited, but it's still kind of fun. Um, it's pretty dang simple, but the you know it's got some great pixel art, fun boss fights. You know, it's a run and gun, so it's pretty dang simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just make stuff go boom left and right. But the real, the real uh, hilarious game, one of the funniest games I've ever played in my life, is Die Hard Arcade. Classic, like cartoonish nonsense where you got this giant, like air, you know, guided missile sh- shooter. It's got to weigh like 70, 80 pounds, but you pick it up no problem one hand and blast it <laughs> in somebody's face, and they get up after getting shot in the face with a missile like like nothing happened, and it's just freaking hilarious. Like, And it's got that mid-90s Sega polygon look to it with you know te- textured polygons. It looks kind of grainy. It looks like uh, a buffed up version of the original Virtua Fighter. You know, it's kind of cool looking. It's it's I like how it looks anyway, and it has absolutely nothing to do with Die Hard. So it's it's got it checks all the boxes for me. <laughs> Heck yeah, man! Now you played the I'm assuming like the actual arcade. You didn't play like a Saturn port. You played the the I would like to version. play this. Yeah, I played the arcade ROM. I would like okay. to play the uh, Saturn version, but I don't have a Sega Saturn. I almost bought one once, like over ten years ago, but hmm. it, it was it was not to be. Yeah, I was looking at the the character model for Bruce, who's supposed to be Bruce Willis here, and it's like a mix between like Bruce Campbell and Michael Rappaport for some reason. Like it doesn't look anything. <laughs> Michael Rappaport <laughs> doesn't look anything like Bruce Willis. That's a deep dig. <laughs> No, but what's funny about that character is that he loses his clothes the more you progress through the game. So he starts out in like a jumpsuit, and then all of a sudden he's wearing just a wife beater and like mm. shorts or something. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what happened? It's, what is he, this guy, William Shatner from original Star Trek? It's like, he slowly turns into Lara Croft. Like, what the hell? <laughs> okay. We got some emails. We do. We do indeed. Oh, I'll go first here. We got one from Robert Auguste de Meyer. I think that's go. how he told us. That's how you say it, right? August de Meyer, I think. I think it's just like August the month. August. I think. The month. I don't know. Okay. Got you. Did I say August? Did I flare it up? I think you said August. <laughs> yeah, you, fl- you gave it that, that white guy flare. <laughs> Why did flare. I do that? Because <laughs> it's fun. I, I'm sorry, Robert. Anyway, he says- Robert how- August de Meyer, yeah. He says, howdy, drunk buddies. That's us. He says, I'm still enjoying your cast. They're great to listen to while playing boring AAA games I have a hard time concentrating on. Now, I hate to ask something the two of you might end up debating for an hour, but I actually would love that. So I'm going to ask it anyway. If you, both alone or together, were on a desert island and stuck with either all the sports games on the Genesis or all the sports games on the Super Nintendo, which would you choose? Super Nintendo. You would. No no hesitation. 
No hesitation. Uh, I would regret missing out on Mutant League, Mutant League football, Mutant League hockey. But the NHL games, once you get to 96 on Super Nintendo, they're close enough to being as good as the Genesis games that I wouldn't feel like I'm missing out on that much. Plus, I'd get Griffey Baseball. So it's an easy call. Easy call for you. I'm actually I'm going to have to go opposite here. I'm going to have to say the Genesis, mainly because that's most of my sports gaming history was on the Genesis. So whether whether it's a good choice or not, my nostalgia is going to back me up 100%. And What games in particular? Dude, I don't even know if they're good. But I played Doesn't matter. a whole 162 game season of Sports Talk Baseball from 1991 <laughs> on the Sega Genesis when I was a kid. And I took my lumps. We we ended up, I had like 40 losses. We won the division though. We went through. But the thing about that game, I feel like I've told this on this podcast before or a podcast, but you had to play a three game series before you could quit. So if you if you sat down to play the game before it would save your progress, and I played as the White Sox, that was my team. You had to if like if the twins were in town, we had to play all three games against the twins. Then it would save. So I'm sitting there for hours at a time playing a baseball game the whole season, playoffs, World Series, and I pulled that off as a kid, like a small kid with no patience. Oh, so wait a second though. You can't. Um, so even if something comes up, how is it structured like that? That makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's weird. You, you can have to only play. access the save. Every three games. Yeah, you have to play like three games at once or it wouldn't save. I mean, I could be misremembering it and I could I could have just been a really stupid eight-year-old, but we pulled no, it off, that's, man. That sounds like something a petty developer would, in fact, do, you know, <laughs> in, in case of, uh, you know, rentals and all that sort of stuff. But um, how long did that usually take you for, to play three games? How, mu- how long is each game? It was probably not as long as I'm thinking it was, maybe like 45 minutes to an hour to play three games, but that's still a lot of games. You're playing 162 game season plus the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I did kind of figure out a way to cheese the game a little bit too. Like I could, if I could get a guy stuck between second and third, I could always kind of tease him into getting caught in a rundown and get him out or something (laughs) like that. I kind of remember that, but so 162 divided by three is 54. So you had at least 54 sessions where you sat down and played three games at once. Yeah. Pretty impressive for a kid, for a little kid. Yeah, I was. I wasn't yeah. like this. wasn't like a very focused adult set on a goal. This was, this was a, a nine or ten year old that uh, I guess aren't known for their let's complete a whole season of baseball reputation. What else did you have? You, you had to have had. A, did you have Joe Montana sports talk football? Had Joe Montana. Actually, I played a lot of games that split split the um, the console, like the NFL quarterback clubs. You know, the mm. ones that were on both, uh, you know, uh, your Madden stuff. But yeah, yeah, I played a lot of uh, the um, of the Joe Montana's NBA jams. But again, a lot of those go both systems. But I only had the Genesis, and that's where I played a bulk of my sports games. Hmm. Yeah. Have you pl- have you played a lot between... Now I'm curious, like, since you're the NBA jam guy, yeah. uh, biggest difference between NBA jam, Genesis, and NBA jam... Have you spent any time with the NBA jam on Super Nintendo? I haven't. I haven't spent any okay. time with it at all. I'm very accustomed oh, okay. to the Genesis one. Yeah. So, I mean, are you aware? Has, has Console Wars done this? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. That's why I have to ask you. But I, I'm guessing the biggest differences are in the uh, probably just the controller, like whatever you prefer to use. Probably, yeah. There's probably some sound differences, like the voices might be a little more muddled on Genesis. I mean, I'm looking at screenshots, and it looks the same to me. So it, it's probably pretty close to the same. You're just trying to pick fights yeah. over there with your Super Nintendo. <laughs> well, that's what that's what our friend Robert wants is just an hour long fight. Like it's like they live times thirty. I will say the so. Super Nintendo has better sports games than the NES. Does it though? I'm now I'm thinking. Um, probably. okay. Next we got John writing in. He says, Dear Drunk Friends, recently I was playing the 3DS version of Dragon Quest VII. The party talked to an old man at a bar. His dialogue consisted of <laughs> mumble, mumble, mumble. <laughs> so do you think is this could be the best drunk old man dialogue ever? Has to be, right? Oh, it's got to be. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, succinct, yet it expresses a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, gets a lot across. It gets cr- across the fact that he's drunk, so drunk that he's got the hiccups. Which is hard to do with just dialogue. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else would be in that category. Um, I'm sure there's a drunk guy in uh, Chrono Trigger. I just can't remember what time frame he's in. It's like anytime you go into one of those RPG taverns, there's always the lonely people in the tavern that are drinking, 
and they just yeah. sort of declare that they're the drunk. They don't really act drunk. They're just like, I'm drunk. And you're like, okay, I got you. So <laughs> this guy definitely putting putting in the effort to, to show it without saying it. There are instances where I name my character drunk and he says some ridiculous things. You know, like I especially love the beginning of uh, the first Uncharted Waters game for Super Nintendo. And the guy, it's, all you see is a picture of his face and then the dialogue, you know, dramatically scrolls by and the first sentence is, I am drunk. <laughs> it's supposed to say, I, I, you know, your name and it's, it's just, I am drunk and you just, you can't help but laugh at that. And they're but, like, hello, drunk. It's like you're at an AA meeting. Like, welcome. <laughs> yes. John also asks, is also, is there a video game location where you would like to live? Hmm. I think uh, I'm going to cheat this one because I really want to go to Japan and I played the Yakuza series not long ago. And uh, I know that's not like a one-for-one Japan, but it made Japan seem pretty damn fun. So I'm going to say I just want to live in the Yakuza universe because it seems fun. You can get in street fights yeah. and hit people with all kinds of, you know, you hit them <laughs> with a moped and uh, it's all it's okay. It's pretty acceptable. So. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I will say um, I was lucky enough to tag along with someone to Japan in 2010. Whoa. And uh, it's as close to being on a different planet while still being on this planet. <laughs> it's it's very strange. The social customs there are very different, and they enforce them pretty aggressively. Um, it's pretty weird, but uh, I don't blame you for wanting to go. I really want to go back. So, but We should go on tour. As... Drunk friend on tour. Japan. Oh, hell yeah. baby. Yeah. Hell yeah. We just need uh, someone to speak Japanese. Yeah, and something to do while we're there. I guess the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah, I might want to think of that too. Video game location, uh, the court on NBA Jam in the stands. <laughs> I want to watch all these crazy dunks. That's not a bad answer I could, though. I I can live there. I can sleep behind the concession stand. Actually, that's a really good answer. I honestly don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, you know, it's easy to say some like fantasy location, like you know, twelve thousand BC and Chrono Trigger or. Uh, you know, like Gold City and S- Secret of Mana, or something like that, or uh, or Santa Claus's house and Secret of Mana, which is one of the weirdest things in any game ever. But yeah, well, I want to be in the stands in NBA Jam. That's that's my that's where I want to live. I, I still like the answer. I think it's a good answer. All right, <laughs> and next we have Raphael. He says, "Hey, drunk friends, how's it going? Firstly, Happy New Year. I started listening to." podcasts in 2020 because of you guys this time i was going to ask you what are your feelings about sega 8-bit systems like the master system or game gear were they as popular as nintendo in america back in the day or did they become famous only due to emulation here in brazil the nes was not officially released in the late 80s so sega used to dominate the market as uh, master system and game gear were manufactured here actually Master System is still on the market as an entrance product for little kids with lots of games on its memory. I know Genesis put Sega on another level in the U.S. I was curious about your impressions on their previous system. Um, Master System I was aware of. I, their games were available for rent at most places where you know NES and Super Nintendo games were available. Um, I only knew one kid that had a Master System, and I never, I don't remember the first time I ever would have played it. But um, it, it existed. It just seemed like kind of like an older, clunkier version. But the Game Gear, when the Game Gear came out, that was like a huge deal, at least to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my childhood friend down the road uh, got one for like a birthday or Christmas or something. And he ended up getting Mortal Kombat with blood. I mean, oh, you had yeah. portable blood. Portable blood. On Game Gear. That's awesome. <laughs> so... Yeah, I was super jealous. I forget what other games. I know he he had Joe Montana football, and that game had like the announcers and everything like that, and that was super cool. And he had at least one other game. I want to say it was like Sonic Two or something like that, or maybe the original Sonic. But um, he ended up getting a few more games. One of them was like an X Men related thing. I remember, but it was I loved the the Game Gear was cool. I wanted more of it. Um, I remember we ended up moving uh, like a few years later, and and I think he kind of gave up on Game Gear because, like, I don't know, just, you know, sometimes you just grow out of stuff. But I only I only remember him playing it for, like, a year, year and a half, two years maybe. But then it kind of, like, got put in the toy chest, like that 3DO commercial. But <laughs> He probably yeah. burned through his parents' battery allowance. With that 
Um, True. Yes. Good point. <laughs> for me, I honestly didn't even know the master system. Master system was a thing for many, many years. I think I had seen it and just didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, that's a weird looking toaster. But I don't think I ever knew anyone that had it or played it. I didn't know anything about the games. It was. I don't think it was just popular where I lived. I'll just say that. I lived in a pretty rural area. I don't think a lot of people had it. Not a lot of diversity on the video game front. So I was probably in college before I was like, oh, that was the first day. Oh, that's cool. So completely, completely lost to me. I I have one now, though. It is pretty fun. Um, but the Game Gear, kind of like you, saw a kid on the bus playing it, lost my freaking mind. I think I asked that guy yeah, every yeah. day if I could play his Game Gear. I'm pretty sure he said no <laughs> every time. But I just wanted to sit behind him on the bus so I could look over his shoulder just to see a colored screen that was portable. Like yeah. that was absolutely mind blowing for the time, and actually ran on batteries yes. for at least twenty minutes. I was going to say it was usually uh, blinking red by the time he got to his house, but it was a, it was a fun show while it lasted. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it really felt like uh, a huge ass like brick of plastic, but it felt you know you could feel it heat up in your hands, <laughs> so it felt like this like huge deal to play. Um, I loved playing the thing when I was allowed to, (laughs) you're going to burn out the batteries, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, it was seen at least for a brief period in my neighborhood. Like, yeah, this is way better than game gear or uh, I'm sorry, way better than game boy. Right. Uh, Why wouldn't you want this? Yeah. yeah. Until you realize like it doesn't like, it's just sports and and some platformers. Like it, it doesn't have a good library, like a long lasting library, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and there was a lot of um, blur on the screen mm-hmm. as even if you were to play a platformer, you know, like something like, uh, oh, like a Sonic game, Tails game. I mean, I know there's Tails Adventure for Game Gear is a good one, but still, if you play it on an actual Game Gear, it's it's so freaking blurry because um, ta- the Tails sprite is kind of small. Right. Um, what else was there? I forget. Oh yeah. There were, there were hardly any adventure games or RPGs. There were only like a handful. Yeah. So it was only, yeah, like you said, sports games and, and fighting games and stuff like that. True. Okay. That does it for emails. Let's get to the guest up next is some call me Johnny. And he has been around YouTube for well over a decade. And over that time has amassed quite the catalog of in-depth and witty reviews I mean, these things make me laugh. I, I can't stop watching them. They're so funny. Um, he also has tons of Let's Plays and a variety of other great content. He's a really laid-back dude, and he's super fun to talk to. Johnny, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for hopping on. I know you just had a stream going, so we appreciate you hopping right on over to chat with us. How did that go, and how are you doing? Uh, my Twitch followers are very horny. Uh, they are infatuated <laughs> with the word poggers, what? and I the, the the hand of death reaches ever closer every year every time I do these live streams because I'm so old and out of touch with what is considered funny <laughs> or in in with it. I'm the guess is the proper way of putting it. You could have given me four thousand guesses as to how it went, and horny would not be one of the words. <laughs> but like, what kind I, of streams I, do you do? I, <laughs> I feel you on that, though, because uh, um, this weekend, actually, we have uh, my girlfriend's 14-year-old niece and her stepsister coming over just to hang out for a bit, just to visit. And the stuff that they do and the stuff that they laugh at is like, there's no way I was this far gone when I was 14. Like, it's so completely like I have no like I don't even know how Snapchat works. (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, the TikTok stuff is just, you know, I, I get that it's like kind of like Vine. It pretty much is Vine as far as I can tell. But um, it, it, it's so like, how is that funny? Like, what are you talking about? It's, 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 it's kind of like how just like the evolution of mankind where, you know, one of your favorite characters like growing up in the 90s was probably Screech from Saved by the Bell. Uh, and nowadays kids find just screeching funny uh, and uh, so it's kind of just laughing at the very concept of it but yeah I, I get that from time to time with my cousins who I visit every once in a while and they usually have some YouTuber on that plays Roblox or Minecraft and it's what why uh, I, yeah, I, know, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't I don't understand it earlier today there was something trending like uh, something uh, like welcome to the boys trending and it's like some dude named dream that's like some sort of big Minecraft guy. 
and I click on it and I, I'm like, what is this? Like, what universe am I in right now? What did I get myself into? And I, I want it. I'm the type of person when I, I get into something, I want to know what it is. I want to, and I get frustrated when I'm just like, I, I, I can't understand this. Like, I don't even know where to begin to understand. Might this. be indicative and, of fever dream is probably the true. <laughs> <of the YouTube's laughs> nice. Maybe. Right on. Speaking of old man corner over here, since we're talking about, <laughs> can we just talk the whole time about how old we are? Uh, <laughs> awesome. I mean, I would abide. It'd be cathartic. Um, you know, we've obviously done our homework on your channel. It's it's somehow you've only come on my radar through this uh, beginning of this interview, and I'm perplexed by that because you've been on YouTube forever, it seems, and you know, I, as it goes, I always. F- sort oldest to newest and look back at the old days, see where you came from. And it's it's very interesting to see that old school YouTube. At what point did you, I mean, it's it's documented here in your videos, but sort of, can you talk us through like when you were like, oh, I kind of just want to focus on reviewing video games on YouTube. That seems like a good idea. Um, so around 2008, uh, I was between jobs and I was about a year in uh, the Art Institute of Philadelphia, because I was, uh, I spent about two years in a liberal arts college, uh, and I took every art course available, and all that was left is gen eds, which I did not care about at all. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I ended up leaving early. Uh, it was the biggest waste of money I ever did in my life. Uh, so I went back home to Philadelphia, and I started attending the Art Institute, but uh, I was in a really bad spot, like, uh, mentally you could say because i was uh i was i didn't have a job i was uh, i started i started to have to pay my college bills back and no money <laughs> what am i gonna do about that and i was making peanuts with unemployment checks so uh normally when i am low uh, i guess you could say I, I start to get a little creative and uh on the side i, I like to draw uh, i like to like fill up sketchbooks with concept arts but this time i decided to take a gander at uh video making because around this time I was a really big fan of James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can say Doug Walker before the whole channel awesome thing happened. Sure. And, yeah. uh, I really liked what they did. And then uh, I, I was a big fan of video games. Like they were just having fun, just talking about, you know, bad games or what have you, or just being in character. And I figured, I think I can do that. And at first I tried uh, and that's the one thing that I, I, I guess I cringe the most looking at my oldest videos because I'm pretty much a, like a Hispanic AVGN ripoff. Uh, <laughs> and, but you learn from that sort of thing. That's why I'm not entirely embarrassed by it because you learn from that sort of thing. And then after a couple of years, I just started to mellow out. Uh, and then I just like, all right, let me stop trying to be funny and just talk about the game in question. Like, is it good? Is it bad? I don't want to waste your time too much with this. And, uh, one thing led to another and, you know, ten years later, I got a sizable base, a lot of support from family and friends, and what I do, I'm very grateful uh, for that opportunity. Uh, and uh, I, I don't plan on stopping to the day I die. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I will to keep the show going. Nice. That, that's one thing that makes your channel stand out is the family that you you keep involved. Uh, whether it's your your brother, your uncle, um, it's really it's really honestly kind of refreshing. As opposed to just like, oh yeah, here's this dude and he's with this dude and they're the dudes, you know. It's like the, the the you know, it's always some gimmick. Whereas it, your gimmick isn't a gimmick; it's it just seems real. Yeah, and so I, it's I, not, I, it sounds I, like that came about organically. I really only slightly exaggerate myself on the screen because yeah. I really don't feel a need to play a character that much. And um, yeah, the, the family dynamic does make things a little more. Uh, down to earth. When I do have my family on at times, like my brother Elliot is probably the biggest pull because he's been with me doing this for as long as I've been doing it. Uh, and yeah, it, it's just it's just relaxing to do. That's why I love doing it. Sure. Yeah, and, and because the channel has been around for as long as it has, you know, what changes stand out to you over the years, not just in your own videos maybe, but maybe in terms of YouTube, how's the audience changed or the way that you interact with the audience? Have you seen things like that take place over time? For me specifically, the only thing that really changes is I guess the demand of certain franchises or uh, certain 
topics that I want to cover in video games. Because besides that, no, my audience has remained relatively the same. Like, uh, but at the same time, I'm not really big on analytics and demographics. For the most part, I'm still treating YouTube as I did since 2008, which in a way is probably why I'm not as big as other YouTubers out there. Uh, who like have such a substantial amount of growth because they got their finger on the pulse of today's generation. While me, on the other hand, is like, oh, okay, video done, upload video, <laughs> put sponsor here, I'm done for today, you know. Uh, and most of the time, when I'm interacting with someone in the comments section, or uh, nowadays, I'm interacting with my audience via Twitch live streams because I find that it's just way more efficient to keep in touch with them. Uh, no, it's 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 basically the same sort of vibes I've been getting since the beginning. You know, uh, only you know, just just in a greater amount, I suppose. Like, we'll start with, like, maybe uh, the same five or six fans, and now it's, like, the same 50 or 60 that mm-hmm. will do everything to show support for the channel, and I, I can't be grateful enough for that. Sure. Right on. Yeah, I was going to say, you're you're clearly a really talented dude that doesn't specify in one particular creative area. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a video on your channel showing off storyboard concept ideas for a Metroid movie, and uh, we're going to get to that in a little bit. But what other ideas uh, are lurking that you haven't had a chance to throw out there yet? There, there are so many cartoons that I've wanted to make for years that I just, I don't have the time for because... I do everything myself. Like I, I am basically a one-man show. Uh, I've only recently started getting an editor for some of my side projects when I can afford it, because you know, gotta make sure they get paid and all that. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, uh, it's it's basically cartoon-driven because again, I went to the Honor Studio Philadelphia. I got a bachelor's in media arts and animation. I want to put that to use somewhere uh, besides like just drawing to myself and all because I can do that without a degree. Like, I, I want to express myself creatively in that fashion. At the same time, though, I love doing the video game reviews, too. Uh, and uh, I have a dedicated base for that, and I don't want to stop that anytime soon. I want to be able to find the time later down the road to be able to work on those things that I want to you know, express via animation or just illustration in general. I, in fact, one of the things that I'm going to be trying to do uh, sometime this year is start doing art streams because I, I got requests for those all the time because you know people like my drawings and every once in a while like I'll, I'll put out a doodle on Twitter and it's like oh, I forgot you were an artist I was like ah oh, man I hate hearing that <laughs> because oh, I, you know I, I like to draw uh, but I I just don't have the time for it. That's really interesting. We we had we've had a couple artists on the show actually and one guy in particular who paints. Uh, NES game landscapes, or I guess he calls them Nescapes. So he takes like an an image from the game and then brings it to life, sort of with a Bob Ross aesthetic, uh, making it appear more realistic. So, uh, and he has a, a pretty decent and growing audience because of that. So, I, art streams are definitely something that people are looking for, and uh, I think that would be really cool. You should definitely definitely do that. Oh yeah, I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the renaissance. Uh, he was on our show a while back, but I wanted to ask you, since you seem pretty down about your school experience, and I certainly don't blame you for that because I went through a similar deal, but still, do you feel like you still could uh, have done the YouTube thing? Yeah, I could have done the YouTube thing without it. Without um, the degree? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty much what I'm getting I'm at. always <laughs> hesitant nowadays because every once in a while I'll get um, some, some young up-and-comer asking me like for college advice or art school advice and uh there's a there's a big part of me that says everything you can learn that i learned is a tutorial on youtube or skillshare you don't need to invest especially in america you do not need to spend thousands of thousands of dollars on something that you can easily learn in 10 15 minutes on a youtube oh yeah i told there's tutorials for everything Uh, no i I, like i i'm happy for the experience i've gotten like no doubt but it didn't need to cost that much money. I, I really do think we're starting to see that change, though, especially as prices for tuition do not ever stop going up. And kids are starting to see yeah. older folks that have gone through that same experience. Like, there's there's not any return on your investment here. This isn't This isn't working. And plus, just like you said, nowadays there's just so much out there to uh, teach yourself yeah. if you're just willing exactly. to learn. So I really think that that part of it is starting to change. 
Or at least I hope it is. The landscape is entirely different now than it has, like, for the last, I wouldn't even say the last 10 years, like 10, 20 years. You know, it's not the, it's not a matter of just going to an old-fashioned college or uh, art school, law school, whatever. Everything is online now, uh, and you do not need to pay a disgusting sum of money. You do not need to borrow a disgusting sum of money and be paying it off for the rest of your life for something you can easily read online. Uh, and I mean, not everybody has the knack to self learn or self teach themselves, uh, the core mechanics needed for being an artist or a teacher and all that. But there are definitely better alternatives to just doing it the old fashioned way, because that's just what it is. It's old fashioned old. Right on. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to speak about how much debt I'm in. Um, I went to school for 30 years. So. I, I I have been paying off my loans since 2006. Yeah. And oh. I still got quite a lot left. <laughs> Be careful. You're, you're talking to Dr. Trav over Dr. here. Dr. Trav. Awesome. Uh, I have something you can probably check out later at the end of this podcast <laughs> to see if it's infectious or not. Just I'm not that kind of doctor, but I will look at it. Damn. <laughs> Foiled again. <laughs> I'll look at whatever you show me. But especially if it's a little more about that Metroid movie idea. Uh, what a segue there. How about it? Um, that you, you have pitched there. About a year ago, there was uh, maybe a couple videos about it. That seemed like a good idea. Do you want to maybe share that a little bit here and dig in a little bit? Alex, you, you saw the videos, yeah? Yeah, everything about it looked really impressive. Yeah, okay, well... Uh, I, I hate to be uh, the bearer of bad news here. I didn't make those. Uh, that was I, I merely hosted those videos from my buddy Derek uh, oh, from Game. Okay. Well, not right former on. Game Explain because uh, it's not working there anymore. Uh, but Good Vibe Gaming is where he works at now. Uh, he a couple of years ago had the idea of pitching a Metroid movie for like a, a Netflix series because that's the thing that's popular nowadays, especially with the likes of Castlevania uh, and all that. And he had the idea of uh, doing it again with Metroid. And he asked, he, I was one of the folks he asked, would you be down with like humoring me and, you know, helping me like check this script that I'm writing? Because he did a lot of Like he wrote the script for it. Uh, he hired, uh, I believe her name was Dayumi, who, did, who was a storyboard artist for those videos. Uh, and we did a crowdfunding campaign to raise money for it to make sure she got paid. We raised like over $4,000 because she had to draw over like a hundred and something storyboards for it. But she does phenomenal work. Commission her if you get the chance. Uh, but most of the, yeah, like 95% of the work, it was on Derek's end. I just helped touch up the script because I'm a really big Metroid nut. Uh, and it was myself, it was my uncle, because he's also a big Metroid nut, and uh, my girlfriend, Nora. Uh, because she's an English major. Uh, so while I did have a hand in it, 95% of it was Derek. Uh, so that all credit goes to him and uh, Dayumi for the storyboards. I just, I merely hosted it on my channel because uh, backstage politics behind the scenes involving his other channel, uh, they didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, that's and the I, freaking I, worst. Yeah, I know, Ugh. it's stupid. Uh, but I offered to host it on my channel because we give us some sort of uh, foundation. And uh, I'm, I'm just happy it was a thing at all because I, I was smiling like a five-year-old just watching the entire thing in action. It was like, this could work. Like, I'm not ever sure if this will ever get picked up by Nintendo. If not outright, just cease and desist. That's probably the logical answer to that <laughs> answer. But uh I, I, I was a little kid watching that project in motion. But... At the same time, it was also very inspiring because after witnessing that, it's like, man, we're, go we're going back into like the creative projects that I want to do when I have the time. It put me back in the mood not just to you know play Metroid games, but to draw, to make a cartoon, uh, and uh, it, it, it's it, it's stuff like that that you need to give you that little push. And I'm I'm very grateful uh, for Derek for letting me host that. Uh, project because a lot of people, especially Metroid fans, love the hell out of it, and uh, that makes me. So I happy. think Nintendo is about to cease and desist this oh entire God, conversation, so uh, this this entire freaking podcast. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Metroid Netflix thing. I mean, if anyone can pull it off, it'd be you know the creative freedom that uh, streaming services allow. But I think what drew me into the Metroid movie concept is that if. If you look at a game like Super Metroid, for instance, 
pretty much the only dialogue you have is yeah. at the beginning of the game. And wh- what is that voiceover? I'm trying to remember what that voiceover says at the beginning. Something the galaxy the is at Metroid peace. The last Metroid is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. And the, like, and, right, and exactly. the, the other 90 minutes, it's the silent film. so i'd be really interested to see how that would go i mean it worked for castlevania that series was surprisingly good have you seen that one yes i have i've I've been keeping up with it uh ever since and uh just gonna say without spoiling anything i had no i had no idea alucard could bend that way in season three (laughs) (laughs) no kidding so when that comes to so you mentioned that uh, Angry Video Game Nerd was a big influence for you, and it, it, of course it seems like that guy was an influence for absolutely every YouTube creator, and for good reason. But since you said that you kind of dropped the character bits you were doing early on that, that kind of came from him, and that early influence uh, kind of wore off, is, is there anyone else that influenced your style or your writing in any way since Angry Video Game Nerd? Uh... T- Honestly, no, not really, uh, because uh, the way I do things, this is pretty much how I continue to uh, have continued to do things since the. Uh, now I want to say the late two thousands, late two thousands. I was still kind of just like, sponging off uh, whatever I saw at the time, but most of my diet back then was James Rolfe and uh, the Nostalgia Critic. And uh, after a while, it was a matter of me just, all right, and I'm just not gonna just write the script and just just read the lines and don't worry about making a skit or trying to be funny again i'm just writing as i talk and i i've, I've been doing that since which uh in a way is uh, it can be creatively stifling at times because you know you risk the you run the risk of becoming stale uh at the same time though um i i i don't i'm not entirely a fan of you know watching others what i do specifically because i run the risk of making probably sponging off of them and then i highlight the worst qualities of it uh, unintentionally or otherwise and then suddenly people are watching a different kind of johnny that they didn't sign up for you know so um again while i do run the risk of being stifling it is who i am like i have an identity and i try not to veer away from that so you do write scripts then for these massive videos Yes, I do. I do write scripts. Yeah, uh, for my versus series specifically, and my round two series, I write scripts for it. Spotlights are off the top of my head. What does it take you like three yeah. hours to read these voiceovers? Yeah, well, yeah. After like uh, like uh, like three hours of editing, <laughs> <laughs> because you're here, you're not hearing all the dead air, all the stuttering, <laughs> like all the repeated lines. Like it's uh, it, it's kind of a mess. Yeah. I think your your scripting is maybe one of the most impressive things about your your stuff because you pack a lot of information. I don't know if if you've ever been told you're kind of a fast talker, but it's still clear. I'm getting tons of information. Oh, yeah. It's like listening to Audible on like two point five, but yeah. <laughs> but it's still well. It's, it's funny. It's funny. Uh, you know that's as uh, as shocking as me to hear this. That's like one of the rare times I've actually heard that in a more positive light because that is a that is a common criticism I get for my videos is that sometimes I, I talk a little fast. Yeah. Uh, and I just can't seem to slow it down. But the problem is, is that I, I I hate reading scripts or recording scripts when I'm dead tired or the first thing in the morning because I'm just not up for it. I'm usually high off two cups of coffee <laughs> uh, and maybe some ibuprofen uh, as I'm getting ready to uh, read a script. But the problem is, is that, you know, I, I my recording studio is inside a very tiny closet with soundproof paneling all over the walls. It's great for noise cancellation. It gets hot real fast. Yikes. That would and suck. I just want to get the hell out. So sometimes I, I speed it up. I was like, okay, if I, if I speed it up, then I, that's, that's less time I spent in here, and it's more time I can go back outside. Where's my towel? <laughs> because I am sweating <laughs> buckets. But sometimes I got to learn to, you know, just no, just take it easy. Take a Xanax and, you know, read the script. Like, just slowly take your time. I. I think it's I think it's a good speed. I wasn't going to criticize it a bit. I actually like it because you do. I was going to get to like your level of research and your astuteness to all of the things that you call out in your reviews is pretty impressive. Um, in watching a number of them, I'm like, wow, I would have never thought to look at that. Or you take the time to compare an older version of a game to a new version of the game. I'm assuming that you going out and to get the footage of all of those little pieces and then piecing all of that together and 
And so I think it's it's really clever how it's all put together. And your scripting is really impressive, um, even though, you know, like you said, you're you're saying it fast. It's still really good. And you mentioned that your wife was an English major and she she uh, offered girlfriend. help on. I'm not, I'm not married. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoops. My apologies. I didn't mean to jump wait, ahead. Wait, what happened? <laughs> I'm sorry, Nora. I'm I sorry. Out. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, your girlfriend uh, has an English background and she she critiqued the script of the Metroid movie. Does she ever review your scripts or has she ever in the past given you tips and pointers? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Does she care about? Does she I, uh, in, in I, on what you do? She has offered before, and I have toyed with the idea i am very very self-conscious about my writing like i write how i talk when i have time to gather my thoughts anyway um and basically what's on the paper makes sense to me and that is enough but i feel there are times where all right john you're pushing your mid-30s could probably extend your vocabulary a little bit (laughs) <laughs> Maybe you should consider giving it to Nora or somebody to give it a rewrite or a once over. See what you can do. But it's like, nah, I'm all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just say the F word three more times here <laughs> to emphasize what I'm saying here. Uh, I have thought of it, though. And maybe maybe I consider it later for, for something a little different. But no, for the most part, I'm very self-conscious about my writing. It, for my writing only. Because, you know, I, as an artist who does draw and doodle and puts his work out there from time to time, you know, obviously I'm opening my heart and soul to those that are, uh, want to like see that kind of stuff and whatever they have to say, they have to say before the the script specifically. No, you're all you're getting is just my recording of it and not the writing itself. Well, yeah. And I think that's great. I mean, I think Alex also is the type of person to write a script. Like he's just talking to someone and that's how you talk. And I think that's perfect. And I'm wondering too, because you are really funny in your videos. Yeah, there there were a couple of times I've watched I watched the Castlevania one today. Uh, one of one of the ones where you did Haunted Castle, and I was laughing my ass off. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but there's so many little funny moments in there, and sometimes I find that that stuff's a little bit hard to script because you have to, you know, you you might think of it in your head and it, it comes into your brain kind of funny, but then when you actually repeat it out to a microphone, it's like, well, I didn't emphasize that right. Or I me, mean, are you doing a lot of different takes and over uh, and over, or you're in that hot closet just winging it constantly doing different takes uh, with different enunciations, Um, which is funny because, like, to use the Haunted Castle video as an example, that video, I think, is barely 12 minutes long, I want to say, something about that ballpark figure. Yeah, Uh, sure. The raw audio for that, if I remember correctly, was about an hour and a half long. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, Because, yeah, I do lots of different takes for individual lines paragraphs because sometimes i like to string sentences together without really breaking anything but i'll emphasize words here differently uh i'll enunciate the wrong word uh sometimes and i catch myself doing that uh or the really fun ones where i don't catch myself i'm out of the recording closet i'm compositing the audio i realize i didn't catch myself saying that all right i have to get back up (laughs) and re-record that line (laughs) back in the dutch oven like uh those are those are really fun. <laughs> and then it always sounds a little bit different. Like you, you know, you didn't have the right amount of phlegm in your throat when you came back in there. Now you sound like a, that. Always happens to me when I have to re-record things. I'm like, why do I sound different on Tuesdays than Thursdays? I don't understand it. But, but yeah, it's all it's all impressive stuff. So all of that stuff that you're editing, those longer scripts. I'm sure your scripts are much much longer than anything that I've ever done for my little five minute videos. And all of the footage and all these things, like just take, for example, maybe one of your versus videos, just an average one. How long does it take stem to stern for you to put all all of that together? Uh, stem to stern? Yeah, what did that, I that say? Stern to stem? I, mean, I, I like that. I might be stealing that. Uh, I, is that a, I say that all the time. Is that not a thing people say? I, 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 <laughs> no, that's, that, that. I think that's like an old shipping term or something, <laughs> like an old like stem to stern. No, for, what does that mean? From bottom oh, to stem top. to stern dot com. <laughs> I'm so, I think it's just yeah the the full over the full length of a ship or a boat. I've never even been on a boat. I don't know where I would get that <laughs> turn of phrase. <laughs> well, you say said stem. I thought of a flower, like a start. A flower started from a seed and it blooms into a. There life. you go. Reading a lot of Horatio Hornblower <laughs> over there. Or what? Anyway, uh, all right. So uh, assuming it's not a really long game like 
MGS5 Phantom Pain or to like 50 plus hours. The Yikes. The general time frame it takes for me from recording the game, taking the notes down, writing the script and editing the video, it usually takes me about on a good pace 5 to 6 days. Uh that's including everything else I have to do for the rest of that week. Uh but generally it's 5 to 6 days it usually takes me to make a versus video. If the game is of a decent length, I'm talking at most 12, 15 hours. Gotcha. Uh, But if it's like an RPG or anything like that, uh, double that length because that's a lot of playtime. And uh, it's always the the, the suckiest thing about it, I can say now, is recording a part of the game, spending too long on a part of the game for something you know you're only going (laughs) to spend 15 seconds on in the video. Yep. Uh, and it sucks, but you deal with it. Maybe later down the road you can learn to compromise or consolidate so that you don't have to keep doing that just for the sake of time management. But most of the time it's inevitable. It's an inevitability. And you just gotta you just gotta go through with it. I I always love referencing this because it's Pam and uh I love bringing her up here because I don't know it's it's become a thing now. Uh uh cannot be tamed Pam. What did she what game was it? It was like one of the I sweet it was sweet coding games. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. And she had like 98 gigs of footage on something on on just like battles alone or I forget what the what the whole thing was. It was absurd. Um and I I love I like referencing that because i like bringing up pam on this podcast for some reason (laughs) i brought her up out of nowhere like a couple episodes ago yeah anyway but that's a good question for you johnny are you recording like a hundred percent of your playthroughs for for the sake of your channel it depends on the game most of the time no um Mm -hmm. because uh again I, i find there are things that i can talk about there are some things i don't have to talk about uh just for the sake of recommending a game on a very general level you know I, i'm no uh gerard the completionist who that's his <laughs> entire gimmick and yeah like I, I have nothing like he's a sweetheart don't get me wrong he wears his heart in his sleeve he is the, one of the nicest men i've ever met in my life but mm. that sounds exhausting like absolutely sounds exhausting and he does all kinds of different games of all different genres so it's like to 100% a platformer is a completely different beast than 100%ing an RPG or some like some tactical role playing game or some other thing and it's like I I get exhausted at the thought. Now if I really love the game, like if it's a Super Mario World or uh if it's a Metroid game because I have no problem doing that or like something like Resident Evil 4, I will gladly 100% the game because I those are games that I forget I'm recording for review and I'm just mm. playing the game. Like normally, right. which is bad sometimes because I forget to take notes. <laughs> uh, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, I'm just winging the script because I don't know exactly what I want to reference here or there. But whatever, man, I'm having fun. That's kind of the entire point besides paying bills. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny you bring that up because one of my favorite uh, LP guys on YouTube is a guy named H.C. Bailey. Oh, love his Final is... Fantasy stuff. Oh, man, that guy's the best. Yeah. Uh, he's And he's another 100% guy. Yeah. He's all or nothing. And he just started Final Fantasy fifteen, And oh. to me, I'm not thrilled with that game. So it's like, well, I guess I'm out for the next three months or so. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of a bummer. But because last, I think it was last year he did Mario RPG. And it was really useful seeing where all the frog coins were. And all the secrets and stuff like that, and it was it was just a blast to watch. It I I loved his commentary, um, and all that. But it's 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 a double edged sword. Like either you love the game, you're super into it, um, and it's pretty much like any Super Nintendo game that guy covers. I'm all in. But if if it's something like I know that he's like a big Final Fantasy guy, so of course he it was eventually you know it was inevitable that he was going to do Final Fantasy 15 eventually, and. Uh, yeah, now he's tackling it now. That's his main project, and it's like, oh, see you in <laughs> May, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, it, that's what he likes to do, but at, at the same time, for me, it's like, I I, I don't like Final Fantasy XV. Yeah. So that, that's always, that's always the risk you take when you're yeah. focusing on a specific part of projects. I, I get like that from time to time when I'm working on a specific marathon. Because uh, sometimes I'll focus on a series of games that I'm more interested in and not so much what the audience requests. And uh, the views will 
likely tank because they're not very interested in what I'm talking about. But it, it's like, no, sometimes I got to do what I want to do and not necessarily what they want because I just want to sit down and talk about these games. And I, I recently started doing that with the Onimusha series. I finally reviewed the first game after teasing it for I, so goddamn long. Yeah, uh, I saw that. And uh, while that's not necessarily a marathon, I am fitting that into my schedule, and I'm not expecting those to do well, but I don't care because I love Onimusha. <laughs> so, <laughs> Right. No, I was going to ask you about that because I, uh, I don't have a lot to offer on Patreon for my own Patreon, uh, but I do offer requests, but there's some stuff that people request that I just, I'm not, I don't know how to make this an interesting video for people. Yeah. Like someone, like no offense to the fellow named Ryan who requested (laughs) Blues Brothers for Super Nintendo. (laughs) Like, listen, you're like, you're, I'm sure you're a good guy, but Blues Blues Brothers for Super Nintendo is like the most Amiga ass, like crappy, (laughs) useless Super Nintendo game ever. And I'm, it's going to be a bit before I get to it because I just don't, I'm not I'm not feeling it like I'm gonna play Die Hard Arcade or you know like a, 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 some sort of crazy ass arcade beat em up or you know something like that for because I love those games um before I play freaking <laughs> Blues Brothers for Super Nintendo for God's sake it has nothing to do with the movie or or even Blues Brothers 2000 or any of those games uh, or any of those movies or anything like that it's it's just some like bouncy cartoony oh it's it's nauseating yeah. but yeah i feel you on that that's that's it's it's a hard compromise to make um yeah it's it's not fun uh <laughs> there's i have a few of those actually is there a game uh johnny that people are franchise people are, are always begging you to review that you're kind of holding off on it what for the longest time until last year, it was Kirby, uh, the Kirby series, which is so strange because that random. was one of my worst performing marathons ever uh, in hmm. terms of just like, I mean, there were, there, there were a few kickers here and there. Like, I think the Superstar Ultra video did really well, and that's fine. you know. And the first Kirby video did well because the first videos of the marathon always tend to have the best results because it's the first video of the series. And people generally judge the rest of the marathon based on their enjoyment of the first episode, and that's fine. Uh, but in terms of like all the other videos, they, they, they tanked pretty hard and it's like, what do you guys want from me? <laughs> because you guys, <laughs> you guys wanted this for so long and you know, I, I got no problem talking about Kirby's a really simple series. Maybe that's why, maybe it's because a simple series, you know exactly what you're getting with Kirby. So don't really have to waste too much of your time telling you why you should or shouldn't play this game. Uh, I think that's where the uh, phrase vocal minority yeah. comes from. <laughs> because I I had the same deal. It's funny you say that. Um, I remember uh, it was right when we moved from uh, my crappy ass apartment to uh, we started renting a house. This would have been like July 2015. And I started working on I was like, OK, this is going to be Kirby month. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over, I'm going to play through Kirby Superstar, Kirby's Dreamland 3, Kirby's Dreamland 2, and like I'll cover the Game Boy stuff. I'm going to talk about all this Kirby stuff, and it's going to be great. And nobody cared. It, it got like <laughs> such crap like response. And I, I really think it's just Kirby. I, it, there's, there's, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Kirby. He's just not an appealing character. He's just a puffball with... Yeah. kind of tiny little just flaps the vacuum yeah, he's of a all pillowcase interest. full of farts <laughs> <laughs> he's, not only is he vacuum yeah, yeah. powers yeah. he vacuums interest yeah. <laughs> there you go very nice excellent yeah i think i think that's about all we have to ask unless you have something else alex it was i really appreciate you hanging out with us johnny you're very interesting and i'm Again, I feel like I have to apologize to you. I don't know why the universe kept you away from me, but now that I'm subscribed, I'm planning to plow through a bunch of these. Well, uh, I do want to take this time to thank you guys for one very specific thing. I know it's going to sound probably a little odd, but uh, about a month ago, on a whim, because YouTube's recommendation page is a cesspool, an absolute cesspool. But every once in a while, I'll get a diamond in the rough, and... Uh, I ran into your three hours of relaxing Super Nintendo music uh, collage, uh, and the first track of that was Waterworld, uh, the map music. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was the first time I ever heard. I didn't know Waterworld had an SNES game, Uh, so that was kind of interesting to learn. But that was my first exposure to Dean Evans, who I've since followed religiously (laughs) since then, because I absolutely love his music. He does phenomenal soundtracks, and I have you guys to thank for that. 
So, oh, would, right on. Thank you guys for uh, unintentionally or otherwise <laughs> exposing me to the work of <laughs> D. Devins because that is a phenomenal composer. Oh, yeah. The rest of the soundtrack is just as good as that first track yeah. on that compilation. The guy is the guy knew there's something about it where he 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 knew the secrets or something like yeah. that. Like he just knew what to do uh, because the, I swear when you play that game, you go to you get to the menu yeah. of that game <laughs> and you just sit there like, oh, my God, yeah. this is the most intense menu I've ever been in my life. It's I love that that guy's got such a great ear for melody and for you know sonic stuff you know uh, stuff that sounds you know good on through that system and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, absolutely. So yeah, I, I I do have to to press you on one mm. thing though, uh, um, Johnny. All right, coffee drinker. Yeah. Uh, what what's your go to coffee? Uh, lately. Uh, all right. So I am what you may call a basic bitch when it comes to digesting coffee because uh, I, I basically just get the typical Maxwell House and Folgers K-Cups <laughs> that I get at a shop right because it's cheap and uh, every once in a while assuming it's not part of a sponsorship deal I'll, I'll get I'll get into some of the fancier coffee bean roasts that I don't know they say takes five years off of your age but it's like I don't I don't know I think I just aged a little more because it tastes so awful but uh, <laughs> But no, most of the time <laughs> I'm just getting your typical store brand stuff. I, I drink a lot of Wawa coffee. It's a delicatessen here. Oh, there you go. Coast. That's yeah. classic Philly yeah. right there. And uh, um, that's about it. So, are you? So I need to know your coffee setup, though. Are you going uh, just like a Mister Coffee with the classic like coffee filter thing? You just dump a bunch of Folgers in there. Nah, I used to be all over. Uh, the standard like coffee filter with a pot and all that because I just there's something yeah there's something very relaxing with getting up in the crack ass of dawn and like <laughs> setting a pot up and then you're sure. forgetting to leave it on you burn it <laughs> for the rest of the morning, <laughs> um, but no for the last several years I've I've been all K cups because they're super convenient uh, and ah. uh, I, yeah that's generally how I, I drink my coffee now. I'm telling you the the sampler pack of K cups on Amazon.com is. It's you, you get like sixty four of them, and I th- I think it's like thirty bucks. Oh, I think sampler sixty four. Yeah, geez. You, you, I swear you get like five of every something. You know, you get like six or five or seven of. You, just, you get these crazy brands you you you'll never hear of in a million years, and they're all freaking delicious. I never heard of Roach Piss. <laughs> I'll pop Roach Piss in today. It's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I kind of got burnt out on the whole Keurig's thing. Um, yeah, I'm back to I'm back to pot coffee. It's funny how that works because we, I was like, no, no, don't, we we can't get rid of the Keurig yet. I I'm sure I'll come back to it, but I, I'm back to just like you know basic bitch like <laughs> coffee filter like buy some grounds and uh, throw them in there. I, Maxwell House is my go to. It's it's like my Miller Lite of coffee. <laughs> so. I, that's that I, for some reason that one's like less acidic to me and it, it upsets me less and it feel it feels good going down it's a little smoother i can't do folgers folgers is, just does not work for uh, me at all folgers has a richer taste but it does make my teeth hurt after a while uh and that <laughs> might be more of my dental hygiene sure but i'll I, it's just easier to blame folgers so <laughs> my my teeth hurt my bones are cold my i can't feel my toes but i'm wide awake <laughs> But I'm wide awake it's, and it's, float the script another hour and a half. It's it's worth it. Right on, man. Hey, we really appreciate you coming on. You've been great. You, you it's it's really nice to hear. Uh, I think that's the appeal of your YouTube channel is that you're just a, a regular dude, and you know, you write your how you talk, and you know, you <laughs> people feel like they're you. You're part of your, or I should say. Uh, yeah, you're part of their daily routine where it's like, oh, it's an upload from some Call Me Johnny. It's, I'm going to hang out with this guy for a little bit. And that's how we feel right now. Like, hey, we get to hang out with this guy for a little bit. And um, it was our pleasure. Uh, I deeply appreciate that. That's always very heartwarming to hear because, yeah, man, I mean, as long as I got a proper heads up and this goes for anything, I don't mind shooting the shit for like an hour an hour or two i'm uh, not not three that, right that's on. too much <laughs> but uh <laughs> three is too know, much generally yes. for that, uh, that sort of time yeah man it, it's just for it's all relaxing me it's just conversation 
and that's like the yeah. spice of life. <laughs> Talking shop. All right. Yeah, and uh, and, and coffee. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and coffee. And, and Folgers and, and Maxwell yeah, House. Basically. All right, that's been another Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, you can reach out to us with any questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We'll respond or read it here eventually. Please head over to the newly minted polymedianetwork.com. Big shout out to my pal Ryan Bradley, who's uh, part of the Discord. He uh, came up with a new logo, and it looks great. And so Polymedia Network is where you can go if you want to hear more podcasts like this one, Petey's Power Hour, Tales of the Lesser Medium, Polykill, Off-Kilter, IndieQuest, and more. Also, polykill.com will still get you there, but that's, you know, whatever. It's up to you. Pick one. Also, Ryan Bradley, your name was not copy-pasted into that a blank spot. That's just how he said your name for some reason. I'm not sure why he said it like Mr. Black, like that episode of The Simpsons, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that was that was strange, but we're going to roll with it. Uh, if you're not interested in sending an email, no big deal. Just give us a rating and review on the podcast app of your choice. That'll help us out big time. That's right. You can find us all on social media. On Twitter, I'm at TravPlaysGames. Alex is, of course, at Drunk, And you can find Johnny at Some Call Me John. And as always, the music you heard at the beginning and you're going to hear right now was composed by our friend Coolor. The track you hear is called Electric Star Bounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And as usual, a shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst-quenching logo. (laughs) Be sure to catch us all on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. 